It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. Welcome to Dramatic Listening, episode 22. This is our fourth episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, The Stanley Springs Matter. So if you haven't been listening for the past three episodes, I suggest you go back and start with episode DL019 to hear it all from the beginning of the story. Did you know you could be listening to this on Stitcher? Stitcher Radio On Demand is on demand and on the go. Listen anytime, anywhere. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. Stream your favorite podcasts and control the speed. Create custom playlists. There are over 20,000 shows to discover. What? Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Well now, what's happened so far at Stanley Springs? In our last few episodes, freelance insurance investigator Johnny Dollar comes to Stanley Springs to look into a smuggling case. The company shareholder got a note from a whistleblower that hinted at smuggling. When he gets to Stanley Springs, Johnny goes undercover. He's met by a curious young woman, Anne, but doesn't know which side she's on, or if she knows anything about the smuggling. He also meets the cotton gin manager, Norman Steger, and two employees, Phillips and Childs. When Phillips gets off work at 5 o'clock, Johnny goes looking for him but he gets the runaround. He's told that Phillips went home early with a stomach ache. Johnny goes to Phillips' home, but Phillips is nowhere to be found. In today's episode, Where's the Whistleblower? We have a few scenes, but they're all quite short. Johnny talks to Anne when she gets off work at four in the morning. He risks blowing his cover. He lets her know who he really is and why he's there. By doing this, he finds out what Anne knows. Through a tip from Childs, he finds Phillips. We're going to listen and see what he finds out. But first, let's learn some new words. There are 15 new words today. And the first one is deception. Deception. Deception is the act of making people believe something that is not true. In Chinese, we'd say qi pian or gui ji. Our second word is narcotics. Narcotics. Narcotics are a drug such as cocaine, heroin, or marijuana that affects the brain and that is usually dangerous and illegal. Dupin in Chinese 
or Ma Zui Du Pin. Our third word, a phrase, is to drive at something. To drive at means to attempt to say something, but you're beating around the bush. You're not coming out and saying it clearly. So someone might ask, what are you driving at? In Chinese, we could say t-shirt, dan bu qing chu. Our fourth word is tip, a tip. A tip is a warning, perhaps that a crime is about to happen or some other useful information given to somebody. In Chinese, we could say tie shi or to qi, a tip. Word number five is another phrase, a cat and mouse game. A cat and mouse game. This is behavior that is very much like the way that a cat chases a mouse or plays with a mouse before killing it. It's used especially to describe a situation in which someone says or does different things to deceive or control other people, to avoid being caught or something along that line. A cat and mouse game. Mao Shu Yoshi in Chinese. Word number six, wound. Wound. A wound is an injury. It could be caused by a knife or a bullet, and it has damaged the skin. It has cut and broken through the skin. Chuang Ko in Chinese. Word number seven, revolver. Revolver. A revolver is a small gun with a container for bullets that turns after the gun is fired and it puts another bullet into position to be fired next. So a revolver, a small gun. Zuo Lun Shou Qiang in Chinese. Word number eight, apparently. Apparently. Apparently is used to describe something that appears to be true based on what is known. Si hu or kan qi lai in Chinese. Apparently. Our next word, word number nine, is suicide. Suicide. Suicide is the act of killing yourself because you don't want to go on living. Zisha in Chinese. But in English, suicide is a noun. We have to use it with a verb and we choose the word commit. Commit suicide. So really, the whole phrase commit suicide is zisha in Chinese. Word number 10, faltering, faltering. Faltering could be half-hearted. You're not putting everything into what you're doing. Bu ren jin de, or wu xing chu de, or yu qi wu li de. 
Word number 11, Deputy Sheriff. Deputy Sheriff. Deputy Sheriff is an assistant who helps the sheriff enforce the law. The sheriff is an elected official. He has a government job. People voted him in. And he's in charge of enforcing the law in a county or town in the United States. So a deputy helps him. He's his assistant. A deputy sheriff in Chinese, we could say, Fu Junzhi Anguan. Word number 12 is law enforcement officer. Law enforcement officer is the person who makes sure people do what is required by law. In other words, he's a policeman. We could translate law enforcement officer as zhifa yuan. Word number 13, statement. Statement. A statement is something that you say or write in an official way. For example, you might tell the police what you witnessed. That would be your statement. Sheng Ming Shu in Chinese. Word number 14 is body. Body. If someone refers to a body, they're referring to a dead person. Si shi or shi shou or shi ti in Chinese. And finally, word number 15 is a phrase, to not pull any punches. If you don't pull any punches, you, you're not trying to make what you have to say seem less harsh than it is. Instead, you're straightforwardly stating the bad news, or you're expressing disapproval or criticism very clearly. You're not trying to hide anything. Not pull any punches. Shuo hua hun tong kuai, or wei ren shuang kuai, in Chinese. Okay, that's it for the new words. Now let's listen in on Johnny's visit with Anne and everything that it leads to. You did come. I wondered if you would. Who are you? I think both of us would have been better off if there hadn't been any deception. You came to my room yesterday because you were expecting somebody to show up from the East. Isn't that right? Who are you really, Johnny? Who did Phillips write the letter to? He was sent here by the owners of the company. Yes, that's right. The letter got there then. We didn't know if it had been mailed. It got there. They were following Irving. And he was sure they saw him give the letter to the man. They asked him about it and... He told him he hadn't. He gave it to somebody else because he couldn't mail it himself? They were following him. And this stuff about traffic across the border is true, huh? Yes. Why did Phillips write the letter? He wanted to leave Sandy Springs, but they wouldn't let him. Because he knew about the smuggling? Yes. He didn't have anything to do with it, and he didn't try to find out about it. But he learned about it, and they knew it. So they couldn't let him leave. Yeah. How much do you know about it, Anne? 
narcotics. A cotton grower right in the border brings it up. Doesn't that put you on about the same spot as Phillips? They won't let me leave. Irving wrote the letter because the only thing we could do was to tell somebody else about it. And now you know. We'll do something about it. What, Johnny? I'm going to get word out. I'm going to call the nearest Treasury Department office. Oh, no, Johnny. This is Stanley Springs. The company owns everything, and Stega has thought of everything. There's only one telephone in town. That's in the company office. Uh-huh. Well, then I'll have to use that one, I guess. You go back to your room. I'll get word out some way. It's pretty obvious that I wasn't going to get word out. It was 4.30 in the morning when I left the hotel, but two men were waiting for me in the street. Hey, Charlotte! Huh? All right, you, Charles. <laughs> you up early or late? Oh, I could ask the same thing of you. <laughs> You get a lot of information from Phillips with that article you're writing? I think you know more about Phillips than I do. Well, the way he acted when he met you, I thought he was afraid of you. I wondered if you'd seen him. What are you driving at, Childs? I didn't see him. I went to his house. He wasn't there. He wasn't? Well, that's funny. I saw him go in about 8.30 and 9 last night. Maybe I ought to try again. Yeah, I guess so. You know, you can't start too early in Stanley Springs. Thanks for the tip. I'll go right over. I figured it for a cat and mouse game. They wanted me to find Phillips, and I did. Phillips was dead from a bullet wound in his temple. A thirty-eight revolver was still held in his right hand. Except for one completely worthless bit of evidence, Irving Phillips' death was apparently a result of suicide. Turn you to the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. There have been some changes made, and it's faster, it's funnier, it's got new life and a brand new punch because Jan Murray's taken over. What show is this? Why, CBS's Saturday night musical quiz, Sing It Again. That hour of melody, mirth, and money that's heard on most of these same CBS stations. Yes, Jan Murray is your new host. Alan Dale, Judy Lynn, the Riddlers, and Ray Block are your music makers. And there are still loads and loads of cash for identifying the Phantom Voice. Be sure to hear the new Sing It Again, starring Jan Murray tonight on CBS. And now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. A brief and faltering examination of the scene was made about an hour later by an aged deputy sheriff, Stanley Springs' only law enforcement officer. He didn't ask for a statement. I didn't offer one because I knew it would be useless. I watched the removal of Philip's body. And then with Childs and the other man following me, I went back to the hotel. but I don't have time to pull any punches. Phillips is dead. I thought he would be. Because they didn't want him to talk to me. Here's the key to my room. 
I want you to get out of this one. Stay in mind. Don't answer if anybody knocks. Don't say anything. All right, Johnny. What about you? I'll be all right. I'll get back to you as fast as I can. All right, now let's start back at the beginning and I'll walk you through these scenes. I've called scene six, Where's the Whistleblower? Because we find out for sure who the whistleblower was. A whistleblower is a person who tells the police, or perhaps a reporter, about a crime that has been kept secret. He is the gao mi zhi, the one who reveals the secret. It's usually about a company or even about a branch of the government. And the whistleblower tells the public or the police what is really going on. A whistleblower does this at great risk to himself. He could lose his job or, in some cases, even his life. Recently, Snowden became a whistleblower. Snowden Snowden was telling everyone about how the U.S. government has everyone's phone records in a big database. He had to get out of the country. And in the movie, Aaron Brockovich, with Julia Roberts, Julia Luobozi, the, that movie is a true story about a whistleblower who reported on a company that was letting their chemical waste get into the drinking water, and people were getting cancer and other diseases. The whistleblower at Stanley Springs, of course, is the person who wrote the note and sent it to the shareholders, who in turn hired Johnny to investigate. Scene 6 starts off with Johnny saying to Anne that they would have been better off if there hadn't been any deception. Deception is the act of making people believe something that is not true, qi pian. He had made Anne believe he was a freelance reporter writing for a textiles magazine. And Anne hadn't let Johnny know that she knew about the letter and was hoping someone would come from the eastern part of the United States, from the company shareholders, to help. Johnny says, we could have been getting more done if we hadn't been deceiving each other. But the deception had been for a good purpose. They were both being careful because they didn't know if they could trust each other or not. Anne tells Johnny that the content of the letter was true, that there is traffic, fancy, across the border. The company is buying illegal goods from across the border, from Mexico. They're smuggling things into the states, bringing stuff in illegally and secretly. Zosu in Chinese. A lot of things get smuggled stolen works of art, drugs, even people. 
Anne tells Johnny that it is narcotics, some kind of illegal drugs that, are, that affect the brain. Maybe marijuana, but it could even be cocaine or heroin, which are much worse. These are all different kinds of drugs or dupine. Irving Phillips knew about the smuggling. He wasn't involved, but because he knew about it, the company would not let him leave Stanley Springs. He wanted to leave. That is what pushed him to become a whistleblower and write the letter. Anne knows just as much as Phillips knows, so Johnny points out that that puts her on the same spot as Phillips, or in a dangerous situation, Kunjing. Anne says it's true the company knows she knows, so she's not allowed to leave the town either. Johnny promises Anne that he will get word out. He will tell someone outside the town of Stanley Springs. At this point, Anne lets him know that the only phone in the whole town is the one in the company office. In scene seven, I've called it, Where's Phillips, Childs? So Johnny ends up talking to Childs. When Anne goes to her room to sleep, remember it's now about 4.30 in the morning, Johnny goes outside and he finds Childs waiting for him. Childs wants to know what Johnny learned from Phillips. Johnny tells him he couldn't find Phillips, but he thinks Childs knows where Phillips is. Childs kept on the topic of Phillips, so Johnny asked, What are you driving at? If you're driving at something, you're attempting to say something, but you haven't come out and said it clearly. T sure, you're hinting. Dan Buchingchu, but it's not clear. Childs says he saw Phillips go home at about 8.40 or 9 p.m. Johnny had been looking for Phillips at about 5 p.m. He wasn't home then. Johnny sees that Childs wants him to keep trying to find Phillips, and he's probably giving him a clue as to where he can find him. He says he'll try again. Childs replies with, you can't start too early in Stanley Springs, hinting that Johnny should go now, even though it's 4.30 in the morning. He shouldn't wait until it's a more normal, acceptable time for a visit. Johnny thanks him for the tip. A tip is a, a warning, perhaps that a crime is about to happen, or some other useful information that's given to someone. Toshir or to chi. So, for some reason, Childs has given Johnny some useful information. So, Johnny realizes that this is a cat and mouse game, Mao Shu Yoshi. Childs is behaving like a cat when it chases a mouse. He's playing with Johnny, just like a cat plays with a mouse before killing it. 
He's tricky like a cat, deceiving Johnny, Phillips, and even Anne into thinking they're getting closer to their goal of escaping Stanley Springs. But in the end, he expects to kill them and prevent the secret from getting out. A cat and mouse game is used especially to describe a situation in which someone says or does things perhaps to deceive or control other people or perhaps to just avoid being caught. Johnny ends up finding Phillips dead. He has a bullet wound in his temple. Your temple is that soft area on the side of your head near your eye. So Phillips had been shot in the temple. He was shot with a gun in the side of the head. The bullet left a wound. A wound is an injury that cuts and breaks the skin, tronco. The wound from the bullet, from the gun, was in Philip's temple, that is, Taiyang Xue. He was still holding the 38 revolver. A revolver is that kind of gun, Zuolun Shouqiang, a small gun that uh, has a part in it that rotates so that the next bullet is ready to be fired. The whole situation looks like a suicide. His death was apparently the result of suicide. It looks like he killed himself. But Johnny found something that proved to him that it wasn't suicide. He called it a completely worthless bit of evidence. Evidence is something which shows that something else exists or is true. But at this point in the story, he doesn't tell us exactly what he found. And curiously enough, even though it's evidence, he sees it as worthless. Johnny reported Philip's death in scene 8. A deputy sheriff came to the scene. The deputy sheriff is the assistant who helps the sheriff, that elected official who is enforcing the law in a town or a county in the U.S. So the deputy sheriff is a law enforcement officer. He's a policeman. So the deputy sheriff comes and examines the crime scene, but He's an old guy and likely got his job through the company, so he does a faltering examination. In other words, he doesn't do a very good job. Johnny is there as a witness. He's the one who found the body. He found Phillips dead. But the deputy sheriff doesn't even ask him for a statement. This is something that he would say or write out officially, telling the police what he had witnessed. Xiang Mingshu. Johnny knows he should be asked for this, but he doesn't get asked, so Johnny doesn't offer it voluntarily either. 
Johnny goes back and he knocks on Anne's door until she wakes up. It's important that he protect her. He tells her, I don't know what he meant to you, but I don't have time to pull any punches. Phillips is dead. He tells her the bad news immediately. He doesn't try to hide it or soften it to make it easier to accept. He lets the shock hit her. He doesn't pull any punches. Why? Because there isn't time for all the polite ways to handle this situation. Anne is in danger. Phillips is dead because the company didn't want him to talk to Johnny. Anne has already talked to Johnny, so they'll try to kill her too. Johnny gets her to hide out in his room. No one will think of looking for her there, so for now it's a little safer than her room. Johnny doesn't stay with her, though. He's off to try to get the word out. That's it for the walkthrough. Let's listen again now to the original play. they saw him give the letter to the man. They asked him about it, and he told them he hadn't. He gave it to somebody else because he couldn't mail it himself? They were following him. And this stuff about traffic across the border is true, huh? Yes. Why did Phillips write the letter? He wanted to leave Sandy Springs, but they wouldn't let him. Because he knew about the smuggling? Yes. He didn't have anything to do with it, and he didn't try to find out about it. But he learned about it, and they knew it. So they couldn't let him leave. Yeah. How much do you know about it, Anne? It's narcotics. A cotton grower right in the border brings it up. Doesn't that put you on about the same spot as Phillips? They won't let me leave. Irving wrote the letter because the only thing we could do was to tell somebody else about it. And now you know. We'll do something about it. What, Johnny? I'm going to get word out. I'm going to call the nearest Treasury Department office. Oh, no, Johnny. This is Stanley Springs. The company owns everything, and Sega has thought of everything. There's only one telephone in town. That's in the company office. Well, then I'll have to use that one, I guess. You go back to your room. I'll get word out some way. It was pretty obvious that I wasn't going to get word out. It was 4.30 in the morning when I left the hotel, but two men were waiting for me in the street. Hey, Charlotte! Huh? All right, you, Childs. <laughs> you up early or late? Oh, I can ask the same thing of you. <laughs> you get a lot of information from Phillips with that article you're writing? I think you know more about Phillips than I do. Well, the way he acted when he met you, I thought he was afraid of you. I wondered if you'd seen him. What are you driving at, Childs? I didn't see him. I went to his house. He wasn't there. He wasn't? Well, that's funny. I saw him go in about 8.30 and 9 last night. 
Maybe I ought to try again. Yeah, I guess so. You know, you can't start too early in Stanley Springs. Thanks for the tip. I'll go right over. I figured it for a cat and mouse game. They wanted me to find Phillips, and I did. Phillips was dead from a bullet wound in his temple. A thirty-eight revolver was still held in his right hand. Except for one completely worthless bit of evidence. Irving Phillips' death was apparently a result of suicide. We will return you to the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in just a moment. There have been some changes made, and it's faster, it's funnier, it's got new life and a brand new punch because Jan Murray's taken over. What show is this? Why, CBS's Saturday Night Musical Quiz, Sing It Again. That hour of melody, mirth, and money that's heard on most of these same CBS stations. Yes, Jan Murray is your new host. Alan Dale, Judy Lynn, the Riddlers, and Ray Block are your music makers. And there are still loads and loads of cash for identifying the phantom voice. Be sure to hear the new Sing It Again, starring Jan Murray tonight on CBS. Now with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. A brief and faltering examination of the scene was made about an hour later by an aged deputy sheriff, Stanley Springs' only law enforcement officer. He didn't ask for a statement. I didn't offer one because I knew it would be useless. I watched the removal of Philip's body... And then with Childs and the other man following me, I went back to the hotel. Yes? Who is it? Johnny, I have to see you. Oh, I was asleep. I didn't think I could sleep. I don't know what he meant to you, but I don't have time to pull any punches. Phillips is dead. I thought he would be. Because they didn't want him to talk to me. Here's the key to my room. I want you to get out of this one. Stay in mine. Don't answer if anybody knocks. Don't say anything. All right, Johnny. What about you? I'll be all right. I'll get back to you as fast as I can. Johnny knows for sure that Phillips was the whistleblower, but he wasn't able to protect him. Phillips is dead, and Anne is likely the next target. Or is she? Perhaps she's really the femme fatale. Have you got that figured out yet? When Johnny found Phillips dead, he found something that proved to him that it wasn't a suicide, but he called it a worthless piece of information. What could it be? What did the killer leave behind at the crime scene? And if it proved to Johnny that it wasn't suicide, why does he call it worthless, of no value? Any guesses? Leave your comments below the show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com slash DL022. Tell us what you think that worthless piece of evidence was. And while you're there at dramaticlistening.com, 
Don't forget to vote on the kind of story you'd like next. Remember, you can vote once a week, so don't leave it to the last minute. That's at www.dramaticlistening.com slash vote. I appreciate you coming back and listening again to Dramatic Listening. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then help us get the word out about Dramatic Listening. Like us on Facebook. Give us a plus one on Google Plus. Or if you're using Stitcher, rate us on Stitcher. Or go back to iTunes and write a review and like and rate us on iTunes. By the way, there's now a Facebook app for Dramatic Listening. If you like Facebook and you're on it all the time, you might want to listen from there. That's at facebook.com slash dramatic listening. The app is the green icon. There are also apps for sale on the iTunes App Store and the Amazon App Store. So iTunes for iOS devices and Amazon App Store for Android phones. For a one-time fee equal to $1.99 US, you get the podcast either streaming or download through the app. You can link and share it on Facebook. You also get a transcript and keywords in a PDF with every podcast episode. And you get the MP3 of the complete radio play once we're finished it. If you're interested in getting that for your iPhone or other iOS device, you first need to download the free app Podcast Box, and then you can get the Dramatic Listening Podcast through Podcast Box. So the advantage to these two apps, whether it's through Amazon App Store for Android phones or through iTunes Podcast Box, is that you do get the transcript of the radio play and the word list. Well, that's all for this episode. The next episode will be up in two weeks, so bye for now, and see you next time.